to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. It's the Man Up Podcast, number 159. Man, it, it feels like this is the 159th we've done in social distancing. And uh, based on the past week here in Southwest Texas, it doesn't look like we're getting back to our studio anytime soon. But fortunately, there's Zoom. I'm Steve Titch. I'm host of this weekly spiritual oasis for men. We hope you uh, will join us. Uh, we've just kicked off a new study of the book of Daniel, and we'll be getting to that shortly. With me is our esteemed panel. We have the professor, Robert Koshu, a corporate trainer for a Fortune 100 company. He's also one of our most popular youth teachers, so we call him the professor. And, well, you know, Martin Luther wrote a hymn that speaks of having the right man on our side. Well, down on the course, we've got a good man on our side as well. He's a prosecutor, but we call him the judge. It's Michael Cropper for the people. Yay! <laughs> and, man and, for the people. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, not so, we're not so insular here in Texas that we won't let a fellow from Louisiana join the panel. And he's a health insurance broker, and he may be a coon-ass, but he's our coon-ass. It's the deacon Kyle Trahan. And I hey. was born here. Yay, the... Kyle. <laughs> and Robert, too. Yay, Robert, too. <laughs> and, uh, hey, and, 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 you know, joining us tonight, uh, recuperating from surgery, uh, proving he can be down but not out, Bill Cox, our director, is back. Yay, Yay Bill Cox. <laughs> and now he's, he's normally hosting. He's normally hosting, but we're going to give him a break uh, and let him relax and take a panelist role. Hey, Bill, so how are you doing? Hey, thanks, fellas. Uh, you know, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to come back. And uh, this COVID-19, although it's really put a crimp in all of our schedules, the work schedules, having surgery in a hospital that is on lockdown feels like you're in a Stephen King movie you're uh, you're you're uh, you're alone people uh are not allowed to, my wife could not come up and see me uh, the nurses and everybody only came and saw you when they had you on the schedule it was really a surreal uh type of experience vast majority of time hospitals err to the side of caution by keeping people in longer in the hospital longer, but because of COVID-19, as soon as I was able, I had, uh, once again, I, I had a couple, couple of hip surgeries because I had an infection, but as soon as I was able to prove that I could do the absolute minimum of physical therapy, they, they wanted me out of the hospital as soon as possible to get away from the possibility of this COVID. So, it was, it was a, a, a hospital experience unlike any other. And one thing about um, this particular podcast, I, I, and I can't tell you how much I totally appreciate you guys because 
here you are, you're in a hospital room, essentially, not necessarily a, a abandoned, but that's kind of the way you feel. And uh, um, you guys are my spiritual mentors. I, I enjoy not only the friendship, but the, uh, the discussion uh, philosophically and spiritually that I have weekly with you guys and being able to uh, deepen the faith when you really need it. And I needed it in that time in the hospital. And it was, it was absolutely wonderful. And I know there's plenty of guys out there. And although my hurting was spiritual, there's many other people that are listening to this. They're hurting financially because of this shutdown relationships. And there's, there's a whole bunch of reasons that they're, they're out there and they're hurting. And a friendly, motivating, encouraging, and entertaining podcast like this, I can't tell you how, meant, how much those, those podcasts meant to me. It, it was awesome. And I can't thank you guys enough for keeping the faith and continuing on with this. It, it was absolutely wonderful. That's great to hear. Bill, could, did you ever call the nurses in just to say hi? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and you know, the thing about it is they'd come in all gloved up, masked up, shield uh -huh. on them. You didn't really, you, you couldn't even really tell if there was a real nurse underneath there or not. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's like they, uh, in the hospital, it's, it's like they hazmat suit up before they come and see you. And so it's not, it's, it, it, this, this COVID thing is really changing the perception of not only your normal life, but the, I mean, the hospital isn't normal necessarily for any of us, but as old as we are, many of us have, have had to have surgeries and stuff in hospital, but it's changed the way that they operate in those mm -hmm. hospitals as well. Yeah, I I really feel bad for people who who are in the hospital at this time. I mean, you Beverly could not even come up to see you, from what I understand. Uh, no, not even no. for like a, a a short spell. You 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 were kind of there. No. you were there by yourself. You were there by I was there by myself, and I was tested for COVID probably every third day. I was wow. I was tested I was tested while I was there in the hospital. Yeah, no, that could be that could be very depressing if you don't get to see anybody. Plus, you're there not knowing how your your operation is going to turn out. So it left you with uh, you you you're left in a very spiritual condition as well. And and even the best of us, I mean, no matter how 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 many times we prayed, no matter times we read the Bible. Uh, no matter what, we could we could still we can get, still get depressed in the right situation. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and like I've I've always I'm basically a positive person, yeah. And and I I enjoy being positive and encouraging, and I, I love going to church. I love the fellowship. I love, love corporate worship. I I love our um, ABF where we get to dig into these uh, these 
lessons, uh, Sunday school lessons, and then just put a man spin on it. I absolutely enjoy that and I miss it. But I also feel because I've done it so much that I, uh, I got some faith credits that I banked. <laughs> and I'm telling you, and I'm tell telling you, I used, I used faith, a, credits. faith credits. I used them in that moment of darkness because even me being a positive person, I couldn't always keep that darkness from coming over me. It, it was just, it, it, it was incredibly, incredibly difficult. And, and, I've, and I've talked with Steve about this uh, a little bit since I've been out. And there's a, there's a man, uh, a men's matters speech and material uh, in that from what I've learned and how to cope with that. Um, because that, that, was a, that was a very difficult time. And, uh, and, and men, men need uh, things like this. They need, like, like you guys texting me and, and checking in on me. I mean, men need this more than we want to admit. Um, that That's friendship, true. that friendship and that fellowship and encouragement. Um, you know, women have it a lot. Men don't have that many close friends. And I'll tell you what, it, it, it was, it was needed and it was great. And I can't, I can't tell you how much I not only appreciated your personal text, but hearing the podcast, taking me away from concentrating on what I was, what was going on in my life but talking about faith and deepening my faith and, and focusing on, you know, um, my walk. And uh, uh, it, it really helped. It, it was great. It was great, guys. Great. Well, we're, <clears throat> we're glad to have you back with us and hope, you're, hope you continue to get better. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. We, we are now in our third lesson in our Daniel study. As we often do, we are using the study guide from uh, Baptist Way Press, uh, the Connect 360 series. This one's titled Faith Under Fire. You can get the printed book from baptistwaypress.org from the site. You can order it from the site. Or if you like uh, your Kindle, uh, you can get a Kindle version from Amazon.com. Now, guys, a couple of weeks ago when we started this study, I remarked on the number of analogies and figures of speech that come out of Daniel that we kind of use every day, like I've seen the writing on the wall or I've been thrown to the lions. And it wasn't until I reviewed this passage that I noticed from here we get the term feet of clay. And uh, so before we do the reading, oh, that, uh, Professor, you have any overview thoughts or I'll go around the room again, around the, so, around the Zoom room to find our, our overview thoughts. <laughs> the Zoom room. So, yeah, it's interesting. I looked distracted earlier. I was sitting there answering a bunch of texts because my older son's roommate was exposed, we found out, literally like as I was getting on the podcast. <laughs> and I was replying back that, yeah, that whole idea that we were going to meet you this weekend for a steak dinner, that ain't happening. <laughs> but where, where is your son, Robert? That you, um, you're he lives here about? in Houston, and okay. but he evidently his roommate got exposed. Wow. Literally just found out. Yeah, and Kyle has now put his official mask on. 
<laughs> even though we are not in the room together. It, trans um, it transposes uh, uh, trans uh, over the, uh, over the uh, internet. Kyle's living six, uh, weeks away, six, six, six feet away from his computer monitor. Yeah. Hey, leave it um, on, Kyle. It looks good. I am at least three feet from my computer monitor. So <laughs> so, got to be six feet apart. So this is interesting. We started this study last week when Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And evidently, I, I'm going to guess he felt like his wise men or his magicians, his court people, his dream interpreters, those guys, he, 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 for some reason or another, he felt like they had been playing him for a little bit. So he said, I had a dream and I need you to interpret it. And of course, you know, we talked about, you know, they all went, oh, king, you're great and mighty. Tell us what the dream was and we'll be happy to interpret it. And he said, no, you tell me what the dream was and then you interpret it. And they're like, uh, King, there ain't nobody that can do that. And he goes, mm, you better figure it out. And, he, and then they said, well, maybe we can't do it. And he said, okay, that's fine. Just round up all the wise guys and kill all of them. And when they go to collect Daniel and his friends, because we kind of assume they're in training at this point, Daniel's like, hang on a second. Why are you trying to kill us? We hadn't done anything. And they said, well, the king had a bad dream, and he's going to kill everybody. And Daniel says, hey, I think I, I can't do this, but God can. So he goes to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and says, hey, let's pray. So they pray and come to it. And so we get the repeat this week or the dream interpretation. But what we're going to find out is this is – this fits – has much and so Daniel we've talked about is really two separate books. It's not two separate books. It's two separate themes. There's all the history stuff of Daniel and his three friends. You know the lion's den, captivity, training, um, fiery furnace, and then there's the end of Daniel, which is all the crazy prophecy stuff that goes on. And talk. this one's kind of both because it's a historical story, but it puts the prophecy piece is a part of it and i told my covid story here for a second now which by the way this is the second time my family has had potential exposure to it we are good no one has caught it yet because cameron was working for the roughnecks when the seattle dragon came into town back at the right before the xfl canceled all their games and he was at the game as a ball guy <laughs> and then the seattle team had a team had a player test positive and, you know, kind of my statement right now is with all this, I'm over it. I'm just over it. I'm over social di – I, I never want to hear the word social distancing again in my lifetime. Um, I never want to hear te testing and contact tracing and, you know, any of that. I'm just over it. But yeah. – <laughs> Coronavirus isn't over you. <laughs> I, I'm aware of that, but I am over it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But he, here's kind of, and here's where I'm going with that. This dream reminds us that no matter what we think or what we are, God's sovereignty exists and God is in control of the whole thing, no matter what. And I think that's one of the big lessons that I think is a really good discussion for us, especially from a men's perspective, because we're guys and, you know, we like to fix it. And get it done. And, you know, I know Kyle does. Kyle's going to go out and 
you know, get, get everything fixed and done and taken care of. But we have to remember that God's in control at the end of the day. And so I think that's going to be a great discussion as we go through this. Well, Kyle, you got name tag, so I'll go to you before Mike. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm going to just, I, I'm coming in a little late on this one that uh, I didn't do a whole lot of reading. And some <laughs> prophecies, you know, always baffle me a little bit. I'm always kind of that skeptical one, I guess, when it, it comes to some of the prophecy. And so I'm just going to kind of take a background a little bit on this one and, and try and learn a little bit. It's an interesting prophecy. We'll get to talk about it. Mike. Yes, it's a good thing you did not come to me after Robert got through. I was going to say, we need to pack up and go home. He just told the whole lesson in about five minutes. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. But he, he did make some extremely strong points that, that we will get throughout the lesson and through the book of Daniel and through all the points we'll be looking at. And just to piggyback on what he said, uh, lesson one, uh, and, and folks, we're here in Daniel, and Daniel is in Babylon, and the boys are in Babylon, because uh, lesson one introduces us to Nebuchadnezzar, who is the king over the kingdom uh, of Babylon, and he, is, he has been put in this situation to fulfill a judgment against Judah, and the remaining, who is, which is the remaining kingdom of Israel. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar conquers Judah and takes the treasures back to his temple and his gods and then has his commanders bring people of Israel from the royal families and nobilities of Judah. This this conquering and this removal, or, or however you want to say it, removal of the people of Israel was predicted by both Jeremiah and Isaiah because the people would not serve God. They They constantly went to idols. They constantly did terrible, terrible things as even with their children by offering them in the fire to idols. Anyway, uh, Daniel and his three friends are picked as some of the young men that are brought back to, to Babylon after Nebuchadnezzar and the leaders in the armies conquer Judah, the, remain, the remnant of uh, Israel. And they come back and they are chosen to be educated in the Babylonian culture and the history as candidates to serve advisory positions in front of the king. And Robert may mention that because they are in training as advisors to the king whenever the king uh, tells the, the leaders of his, um, I guess, his servants to kill all the wise men. Anyway, Daniel's three friends uh, stand out immediately in the first lesson uh, because they are, they are very different and they consult a god who the other people and the other advisors do not know. So uh, that brings us up to the lesson two, which Robert very aptly described and, and tells that we are, going to, uh, we are going to look today at the actual dream which God has revealed to Daniel and the interpretation of it. Well, uh, any, I'm going to go to here, read the, the, read the, uh, the passage which will be Daniel chapter 2, verses 31 through 49. It picks up directly where we left off last week. Uh, it, but, but you may, if you have any, any thoughts before, before you read, go, go right ahead and tell oh, Thanks so much, fellas. Uh, you know, uh, reading this passage, this is Daniel 2, 31 through 49. I'm struck by Nebuchadnezzar must have thought, 
your God is awesome <laughs> in the way that he was able to describe not only the dream, but then also interpret it. Because you know how it is when people don't really know what they're talking about. I call them like Mr. Gloss. They'll just kind of gloss things over and then give their own interpretation. This is so specific. He must have just been absolutely blown away by it. So, uh, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read. This is Daniel 2, 31 through 49. You saw, O king, and behold, a great image. This image, mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image of its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven was given the kingdom, the power and the might and the glory, and into whose hands he has given, wherever they dwell, the children of man, the beasts of the fields and the birds of the heaven, making you rule over them all, you are the head of gold. Another kingdom in inferior to you shall arise after you, and yet a third kingdom of bronze which shall rule over all the earth. And there shall be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, because iron breaks into pieces and shatters all things. And like iron that crushes, it shall break and crush all these. And as you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron. It shall be a divided kingdom, but some of the firmness of iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with the soft clay. And the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. As you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, they will mix with one another in marriage. They will not hold together just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand, that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. A great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation sure. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, 
truly your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a reveler of revealer of mysteries. For you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel made a request of the king and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained the king's court. Okay. Thank you, Bill. Uh, we'll talk uh, some more about this passage after this break. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. We're back. Uh, this is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. Uh, we're talking about Daniel, Chapter 2, 31 through 49. Uh, Daniel is interpreting King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. He is telling King Nebuchadnezzar what his dream was and uh, interpreted. And it's a very vivid, very frightening dream. I would, if I got a dream like that, I, it would keep me awake. But also, uh, there, are, uh, there are some ways we can interpret. There, there are ways that it is understood to be a prophecy of. So, uh, well, I'll leave it open. Who'd like to ring in? I was just going to say, it's incredible that how specific uh, Daniel was, not only in description of the dream, but in description of the interpretation. Uh, you typically, not that I've been to many psychics or anything, but from my rudimentary uh, knowledge of that kind of stuff, in order to be right, they stay fairly vague. Whereas he was incredibly <laughs> specific, not only in the actual dream, but in the interpretation. And you can tell by the Nebuchadnezzar, by his reaction, um, that he was absolutely blown away by the accuracy of the dream. And then I think he was incredibly hopeful that the interpretation was correct. The uh, author, and, and there's some other areas in which they talk about the various kingdoms or the various um, uh, empires that rule and followed after this according to the image or the colors in the, uh, the image itself. And, and the uh, author, and uh, of course, Robert, if you know more, please feel free to step in. But the end of uh, Babylonian Empire, it goes from the time that Daniel is talking and explaining to the king the different nations and according to the gold, the silver, the bronze, the lead, and then separately lead and clay as actual Iron. possibility of extension of the kingdom. Iron. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. The gold is, it, it, 
the kingdom of Babylon uh, controls all the nations till about 539 BC, as I understand. And then the, uh, uh, the Medes take over um, and they destroy the gold kingdom about 539 BC. Uh, well, I, there's two. If you look oh, at the lesson, there's two of them. There's actually, well, there's two of them. If you look in the lesson, it says you can interpret it both ways. You're correct. The silver can be the Medes and the Persians, or a second interpretation is just the Medes. And then the uh, uh, Greece is, is the, the most common belief is what you said, Steve, the Medes and the Persians are the silver section from 539 to 332 BC. And then the Greece uh, is the bronze section, which lasts from 332 to 146 BC. And uh, the, inter the, the second interpretation of that, or a less, less accepted maybe per state uh, interpretation is that the Persians take over there. But then let's go back to the most common one, which you have referring to, Steve, and that's simply the fourth one, which is the iron, is Rome. Now, it's interesting because he does state there that the iron, I mean, it just destroys the previous three. Okay, the iron comes and, and hits the feet and destroys uh, pardon me, the rock does that, forgive me. The, the iron destroys the other three kingdoms, but then he intermingles with the people they have overtaken. And the, uh, the author comments that, that the iron, uh, that the Rome at that time had a very, uh, very forceful way they came in and they conquered kings by destroying them and just tearing them apart. Uh, we know that Babylon, and if you read the first lesson with us, you know that Babylon went in and captured Israel and took many of the people back to Babylon. Rome had a habit of going in and just destroying the people, destroying everything. And uh, uh, then in, at the end of that, then, then uh, the iron mixes with clay, and you have a divided kingdom there where clay will not mix with iron and... and uh, the kingdom becomes weaker and weaker and gets divided. So the, the, then when we go to the rock, the rock that comes in and destroys everything, comes in and hits the feet, and then the leg turns to dust, the, the torso, uh, the, the body, the head, everything turns to dust, or they, they call it chaffed, I believe, like a harvest that blows away in the wind. Uh, here's what I'm getting at. The question is, we want to believe that that's an eternal kingdom with Christ coming, uh, spoken in Revelation. Um, some, some of the people that's a comment have commented that this is actually the spiritual kingdom uh, when Christ came and came to earth and presented the gospel as such. And he himself stated a number of times, the kingdom of God is near at this time. So it's just a thought. I'd like to throw that out there if you guys have some thoughts on that as to whether or not it, we, we are going to expect the physical kingdom to come, which was with a rock, which in turn grew into a mountain and will, will uh, uh, I guess, command the earth or reign over the earth. It sounds like it's a physical kingdom. Robert, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, well, well it, it, it's interesting because this is where you start getting into to end times theories and all of those other pieces. And so you start out with the, let, let's look at the, the ones that are there. So the gold head is Nebuchadnezzar is the basic interpretation of that, of yeah. him being in charge and there. And then 
He, the Medes and the Persians take over. That's the second layer. Third layer is Greece. Interestingly enough, the feet of clay mixed with iron is often thought of as the Roman Empire and being split in two. And if you remember your history, you've got Rome and Constantinople, which today is Istanbul, where you have an Eastern and a Western Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And then, then you start getting into the stone and is it Jesus's kingdom moving forward or is it the future kingdom of when Jesus is returning? That's where the right. different theologies and different well, conversations. Well, I would, I would throw this out. I mean, if, if you want to follow this, um, you know, the, the, the prophecy is certainly, certainly lines up with, you know, Babylon through Rome, but Rome wasn't the last empire. It was, it, it was, it, you can look back and listening to it. It was the empire when the, when the stone of Jesus hits, it's at, yep. it, it's existing then. And then, but, but, you know, we got after that, you know, we had actually the church itself was a very strong power uh, in the wake of the fall, at least the Western empire. Right. Uh, but, you know, along came, along came France, along came Britain, along came America and the, the 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 line of empires in history didn't stop with Rome. However, what happened during Rome was you see, I'm going back to the spiritual idea. Right. Was right. The great historical intervention by God, uh, and you can say at that point it didn't matter. You can be because it didn't matter who the emperor was, whether and it the the the. The God had asserted himself into history and, uh, but yeah, and then, you know, do you want, we go back to Revelation and Revelation certainly seems to say there's more to come beyond this, but let's, let's leave that. Well, so, so I would say I'm going on the spiritual side that, that this definitely prophesizes a spiritual kingdom, um, and 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 that is about well, there. That's a, that's as far as I can go with this. I just, I other than See, otherwise, I, otherwise I the prophecy breaks down. <laughs> See, I, I think it's both. I think there's a physical, a physical interpretation of the policy, of the prophecy mm-hmm. rather, which is what I just read off because that mm-hmm. really does fit historically. But I, I'm with you. I think there's a spiritual connection here as well, and and I think that that leads into something we I kind of alluded to at the beginning, I think we can kind of toss around is that as much as, and, and as guys, you know, and we talked a lot about this, but as guys, we like to think we're in control, you know, especially, and, and I will, I will tell a very humorous story. So last week we had our driveway and sidewalks tore up and replaced. So, I go out, I take the bricks up because I want to help and I want to be in control. So I take up my landscaping bricks or actually I have a son who's waiting to move, living at home. So he went and took the uh, landscaping bricks up because, you know, that's what young, young adults who are living at home for free get to do. So he took them up. And of course, you know, I'm out there, you know, we're, I'm making sure we have water for the workers and I'm out there talking to them, looking, looking at, make sure they're putting the rebar down and looking at everything. And, you know, that's my way of being in control, right? Going out, checking on, give them some water to kind of sweeten them up a little bit, you know, and then you go out and you kind of talk with the workers and you're checking things. 
they pour the sidewalk and it's all formed up and they leave. And I'm out there with the owner and I'm out standing in the yard and I look up and my sidewalk going to my front door after it comes up and makes the L going to the front door, Kyle and Mike, y'all both been over, so you know what I'm talking about. It's about eight inches to the right of the door. It's the sidewalk is not centered on the door anymore. <laughs> oh, nice. Mm -hmm. And just eight inches. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, they're going to come fix it. They're going to okay. pour an extra strip of sidewalk. So right. I'll have a three foot sidewalk to the bend and then a three and a half foot sidewalk going from the bend up to the porch. How that happened was, and this is a where you think you're in control and you're really not, they formed up against the, instead of the outside where they told the old sidewalk up. They formed up against the inside of where they tore the old sidewalk up, not realizing that I had removed landscaping bricks that held my mulch mm. in place. Mm. <laughs> okay. But but it's but it's one of those things where I tried to have control over it by being taking the bricks up ahead of time, going out and checking on the guys. Did you put the rebar in? Was it tied off properly? You know, where are the expansion joints going? How is that smoothing out? And yeah, I wasn't in control at all. Matter of fact, my control probably messed it up because I took the landscaping bricks out early. <laughs> you right. Know, they, but it's but it's one of those. You know, I, I think one of the biggest pieces is of this passage, other than what you alluded to, Steve, of spiritual and another part. And it's a man lesson is, in reality, we're not in control of anything. We'd like to think we are, but we're really not. I think one thing about this uh, particular passage, though, is that Nebuchadnezzar was uh, concerned with the present interpretation of it. He was what made him pleased, and the reason why he took care of Daniel was that he was the head and he was the gold. He didn't. I don't think he necessarily concerned himself with the implications of what was going to happen in the future didn't necessarily matter to him. All he knew is that he was the head, the head of gold at the moment. And that was good enough for him. Well, I, I agree, Bill, it, it, because you look at this dazzling statue and he, a statue and he's, he's, he is just overwhelmed because he's thinking this brick, this, this rock comes out of a mountain from cut from no hand and it destroys a statue he's thinking it's him right right More than likely he doesn't have an interpretation of that statue all he knows is that the whole thing is destroyed so when daniel says uh you're going to live it's the people after you boy he I, i'm sure he just he was ready to have a party i would have. right 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 <laughs> it didn't it, it didn't it didn't matter to him what was going to happen in the future all he knew is in the present tense it was a big, beautiful statue, and the gold head was him. And so, to me, that just impresses it. How many times are do we have our eye on the present, and we're not really looking at the future and what what we do and its implications for the future? Yeah, well, can you blame him for not worrying about what happens in the future? <laughs> I mean, can you blame him for saying, wow, man, I'm happy. I'm not going to worry about it. I'll talk to you later, Daniel, about the uh, the future, about when this is supposed to take place. But right now, I'm just as happy as a lark. You know, it, it's, uh, it's overwhelming. 
because he thought he was probably going to be destroyed. And, um, immediately yeah yeah and you know for for daniel you know that was just to me it goes back it's bold for knowing you don't you know the nerves though before he walked up to nebuchadnezzar to to give this whole speech here uh that it was bold for him to be able to do that part of it is being bold in christ and in our god and knowing that he will stand by us, you know, if we are right in his eyes. And, you know, uh, I, I think of Nebuchadnezzar, you know, he was king. He had to think he was top of the world. And, you know, Mike, you said it a second ago, you know, he got that news and, oh, it's not me. Well, all right. I'm not worried about the guys after me. Right. Y'all figure that one out, you know. I, I recycle because I'm worried about the people that come after me, you know. Right. Uh, he probably wasn't too concerned. He had the most lavish party or whatever, I think I said, you know. But we, we can't predict, um, you know, Robert said it as well. God is in ultimate control. And we can't predict what is going to come next or what our life has in store for us. Right. You know, uh, People looking at the, you know, some people say, oh, the end times, I see that coming, you know, and that may be, okay. There, there's some indicators and, and all of that. Some is history repeating itself, and we can't predict when that time is going to be. So, you know, for me, I'm just going to look for that next step. And if that's the rapture or whatever, well, then, okay. But if it's not, then I'm going to carry on to the next step. I think there's some poignancy here. Um, obviously, it's not a prophecy of doom for Nebuchadnezzar. And, that's, and, and, and actually, there, there are things that probably make Nebuchadnezzar feel good, as you said, Bill. He's top of the world right now. But underneath that is a pretty... Is a, is a pretty bold message to give a king because I, I think all kings think about the future. They think they're going to have the dynasty that lasts forever. And here, I, I see this message from Daniel being a nice way of saying kingdoms come, kingdoms fall, but God is eternal. Uh, but the God of heaven is eternal. So, so he's saying, Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to be in the sun. Enjoy it. But you aren't the first one here, and you're certainly not going to be the last. And rather than getting mad about it or, you know, in, you know oh, your insolence, um, Nebuchadnezzar, first of all, he, he acknowledges the basic truth of this. Because no matter how long his dynasty was going to be, it still was going to end. And there's a certain, there's a, I don't know, maybe there's a certain gracefulness in that. Um, uh, nonetheless, it's, I think it's very bold of Daniel to say this. And we talked about at the beginning that, you know, the, the wise men who couldn't interpret the dream or didn't even know what it was, they're all probably were looking for something vague and saying, ah, it means, means you'll live forever, or it means, it means we'll be prosperous for the next 30 years. Um, 
Daniel gives up this, as you said, a very specific interpretation, and it be, you know it begins, hey, Nebuchadnezzar, you're on top, you're the golden boy, but it's not going to last. And uh, and and I think part of this, if you want to come away with anything, if you want to say, oh, no, the prophecy, whatever, essentially in this is the message, God is eternal. And yes, God is in charge. God is eternal. Earthly kingdoms rise and fall, no matter where, you know, and that, that goes for us. Let's, let's, let's make it personal. That goes for the old US of A. It is, you know, it, it's not going to last forever. I hate to say, I've been bold to say it, it's not going to last forever because nothing ever has. And you know, I, th <laughs> I, I think one thing about this particular uh, uh, dream and interpretation is that Daniel, in a way, had a, kind of had an upper hand because nobody was going to be able to uh, recite the dream and then interpret it. So once he got through and described the dream, I, I'm sure that he was looking at the king's face and, you know, the king agreed that that was the dream. Then he could plow boldly into the interpretation mm -hmm. of what God told him that dream met. And I think as far as a man lesson from this is this, when, when you're the only one and the message is real, uh, there's no reason to be a yes man. You need to just tell it the, the way it is and the way God put it on your heart because nobody else, nobody else is doing it. And I, I think that's a, a big man lesson from this particular uh, lesson in Daniel. I agree with that. And I, I think Kyle kind of tapped onto it too. And it's remembering that no matter what's going on at any given moment, um, we're called to do exactly what we're called to do. Share the Lord and love people. And those two things are our pure calling, no matter whether we're in the middle of COVID or we're going gangbusters on the economy or, you know, no matter what the situation is, that's what we're called to do is those two things, you know, share Christ and love people. And the rest of it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter, you know, if, if your church and Kyle, you may want to speak to this. If your church decides to start services and then two weeks later <laughs> decide you may not do it anymore. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Or do it, not do it again mm -hmm. for a while. So Kyle, you want to kind of give that little story? <laughs> uh, I mean, come on. What story is there? Uh, no. <laughs> Um, is that true, Robert or, or Kyle? No, that's that? totally no, true. No, that is true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tell us. Well, so, I don't know. I get. It's essentially we are. We are. Um, back back shut down. We are back to. We are back to purely online services for the. Right. Okay. The next Pretty much. Weeks, but I would say indefinitely right now. So we we had one person some of a staffer what last week uh, that had tested positive, but it was in a very limited uh, contact kind of an environment. So 
they shut the offices a few days to clean everything. And then um, they had services again on Sunday. And um, apparently a, another staff member was asymptomatic and was tested just by chance because of another possible exposure or something of the like. Um, and uh, tested positive, which they were even surprised for themselves. So uh, we, of course, made that fun little decision. I say we, not me. Uh, our COVID-19 task force thing they have at church, which is made up of a whole bunch of uh, medical minds that, uh, you know, keep our, our community safe. So uh, we'll be back to hopefully back to it uh, in July again. I don't know. A lot of a lot of it's a lot of pride here. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm again I'm I'm not going to rank on on the governor other than the <laughs> the headline in yesterday's Chronicle was Abbott said we we won't tolerate. Uh, another, a, we won't tolerate a surge. You, you know, I, I, I won't tolerate a surge uh, in, 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 in COVID-19 cases. Well, you know, the COVID-19 virus isn't going to listen to that. <laughs> it's, it's not, sorry, government. I mean, like, like Nebuchadnezzar, you know, you're not in control. <laughs> it's, it's not that kind of thing that can be solved with an executive order. And I think, and not to, again, I think in a lot of cases around here, um, uh, and I'm sick of this too, so I'm going to come out and say, I really, you know, want to get out of this. I, you know, I want to go, you know, to a Whataburger. I want to go to a, a I want to get a haircut. Um, <laughs> want to so, go to a ball game. Yeah. And so, so I'm, I'm as frustrated as anybody out there, but that's not, you know, the, the virus is still out there. And nothing has really changed from March. I appreciate the fact that people are not panic buying anymore. That you can go to the supermarket or that I don't you can know order about something. that. I'm trying to find meat for a barbecue for July 4th and not being successful. Where are you <laughs> headed? I mean, I, <laughs> well, um, I'm, I'm looking for bulk chicken wings and brisket, oh, and stuff like that. And so, that, yeah. Um, that's, uh, and so. Yeah, but anyway, uh, at least they're not, you know, you can buy toilet paper and paper products uh, right now. And I'm going to cross my fingers that, you know, it's settled down to that extent. Uh, but it's not. It sucks, guys. <laughs> it really does. And, um, and, I, uh, and it doesn't look like it's going to end until we get a, a, a true vaccine. Well, the problem is the same people are probably going to keep going out there and intermingling <laughs> while the rest of us wear our masks and we avoid the social contacts, even ourselves among ourselves, we avoid each other to try to stay well. And, 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 uh, and then you got this other group of people that they just ignore their the, uh, instructions. I want a, I want a donut and a coffee. Well, <laughs> along with the yeah, other well, five thousand people in Dunkin' Donuts, you know the donut shop has been open, right? Well, but no, it's right down the road from you, Steve. But yeah, yeah, but you have to sit in your car and drink it, and that's not the same as just hanging out with people. And, well, and the, the the thing about it is, though, and what I felt in the hospital is this: is that everybody acts suspicious 
the it's taken uh, it takes a person with a positive attitude to try extra hard to remain positive whereas it's almost as if we're we're going around we're with these masks on we're social distancing we're wondering who has it that is going to give it to us because we all feel like we're going to get it even though we're doing the best we can to not get it it's it's making us live in fear uh you know i i find the the funny you know uh there's some hypocrisy and and a whole lot of it you know all the fun reporting and you know none of us are used to wearing the mask none of us really know what we're doing with them you know you slap it on when you're you know i keep carry it in my pocket is that sanitary (laughs) my hands painted before i put it on um you know all of this fun stuff but you know we've, we've been having um nascar has been in the the news and we won't worry about why it was brought up in the news okay but you're watching all of these people and all of them are wearing masks right almost every single people person that you see in these videos of the nascar people are wearing masks but they're all hugging they're giving condolences. They are literally walking up and you have one of the top NASCAR faces in all of the sport walking up and like leaning against the other guy in support, which I get. That's normal. That's what we do. That It's a tender moment and I'm not judging that for that purpose. But you're wearing a mask. You're supposed to be physically distancing mind you physically not socially and you 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 know uh, how can that be so if we need to be seeing a spike in nascar next week (laughs) uh, while we're waiting because you know at a certain you know at a certain i know and i just wonder and and i'm not again like i'm not judging i'm just if some people have more or less decided like you know just let the chips fall where they may uh I'm not going to live my life like this. And to some extent, I, I have to, I, I, I have to admire that. I'm going to come out and say, um, I, I'm, in an, I'm, I'm in an at-risk household. I have less options to, do, to, to deal with, you know, with, as far as that's concerned. But, you know, yeah, you can, we can all be fearful or we can, you know, go about our lives and let the chips fall where they may. <laughs> And, and as I said, I make no judgments. I, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue with you uh, well, one way or another. And, and so there you are. Yeah. I, I say, you know, at this point for, for our society, be smart, be safe, mm-hmm. be clean for all sakes, be clean. I can't believe people have forgotten that. I, I can understand in a, a third world where they don't have, you know, running tap water in the other room with a bottle of soap sitting next to it, you know. But be smart about what we're doing, okay? I, I'm in that group that I, I'm not afraid of this thing, okay? I, I have a very strong immune system. I pray to God that I, I do 
have the the blood on my you know doorposts so it passes <laughs> over me okay um i'm i'm not as worried about it okay but you know if, if covid's supposed to get me it's <laughs> no matter what i do to prevent myself okay if I'm supposed to die tomorrow in a car accident, God forbid, of course, I hope that's not a prediction or, you know, prophecy, you know, um, then that's going to happen. And if I escape that one at the red light, well, then it'll be the guy that doesn't even see me, you know, or whatever. And there's no getting out of what our destiny is, you know. But again, be smart. I, I'm not going to go jump into a tank full of alligators, even though I am from Louisiana, right, Steve? <laughs> and uh, I thought you guys from Louisiana can do that and nothing and, happens. <laughs> and, yeah, really. And, and, I and, and I'll, I'll be a little controversial, only because of the name I'm going to bring up. But General Thomas Stonewall Jackson from <laughs> the Confederate Army, during the Battle of Manassas, which is where he earned the nickname Stonewall, um, he was standing there, and one of his aides came up to him, and he's just sitting on the horseback. There's bullets flying all around him. Men are dropping. He had dropped two of his flag bearers by then, because by then, back then, you followed your general by his flag bearer that carried the flag for your general, and they drew bullets for some odd reason. You know, his aide comes up to him and is like, "General, how are you just sitting there? <laughs> you know, there's bullets flying everywhere." And his actual answer was, "You know, my faith." He was a very religious man, actually illegally taught Sunday school in the Bible to slaves actually went out and did that. You know, don't want to get into a whole conversation, but, <laughs> but he was a very religious man in the sense that he taught the Bible to his slaves, which was illegal at that time. But he says, my faith teaches me that I'm as safe here as I am in my own bed. God is in control at this moment. There's no reason for me to be afraid. And and I just always look at that, and, and that's something – I'm kind of like you, Kyle. I'm kind of like, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. There ain't nothing – you know, I'm I'm just feeling horribly inconvenienced because I know a lot of you guys have done road trips. We're doing, we're fixing to do a 20-hour road trip, a four, well, 22 hours, 14 and 8, two different days. And, you know, when we do those, y'all typically do what I do. When it's time to eat, you're going to stop, and you actually – don't drive through you actually go inside sit down so you can kind of take a break from the driving yeah everywhere we're looking it's yeah drive through takeout only <laughs> so our trip yeah. will probably go faster you know but at the same yeah. time you know it's going to be a little different because we're not going to get that break so bring a picnic blanket right yeah. Hey, thanks, <laughs> thanks, fellas, for letting me be on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, it's, we're great, gonna... it's great to be with you guys again, and uh, and I I really enjoy this study. Um, we're gonna, yeah, we got to rep. We kind of got into the the whole idea of of you know God's in control. Uh, one sentence summary, guys. Yeah, I I've got a couple couple one things. One Real... sentence. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. One okay, sentence. it's one one long <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Okay, Daniel says, <laughs> the Lord changed the times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kingdoms. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. 
But the point here, God makes it very clear through Daniel that he has placed kings and removed kings when he wants to. And the practical wreck that I'm going to take from Kyle Trahan, if you have that much faith in God that he will protect you, do not push your luck. <laughs> do not walk in a group of people without your masks on and hug everybody. All right, that's it. That's it. Steve. I know it's two sentences. Okay. Kyle, one sentence. Somebody said earlier, our calling is to love people. I'm going to go on that okay. in today's Robert. society. Robert. Ecclesiastes 3.1. There's an appointed time for everything, and there's a time for every event under heaven. Including social distancing, I guess. Yeah. Bill. Physical. <laughs> Physical. Yeah, that's that's better thanks, thanks so much. And, um, and my, my uh, short sentence would be, be bold in your faith. Mm, good. Well, guys, thanks. Uh, we've got uh, 158 other podcasts uh, before this that's all on SoundCloud. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you uh, got a comment, drop it to us on Facebook, Man Up Spiritual Oasis, uh, or Man Dash Up Spiritual Oasis.com, our website, where you'll find out more about us and uh, take a look at our blog. So uh, for my uh, panel, this is Steve Titch. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.